What a great day, and you are just in time for Vancouver Real Estate Today. Coming up, Vince Taylor will talk talk that nobody wants to talk. He'll talk about things that are happening in the real estate market in Vancouver that you haven't heard till now, and he'll give it to you straight. That's coming up in just a handful of minutes. Also, a little bit later, Eve Lazarus, who is an author, uh, she is uh, participating in an event coming up on Thursday, April 14th at the Vancouver Public Library. The concept is revival and demolition. We'll talk about heritage homes. Right now, John, with the big five stories we're following in real estate right now. Well, you talk about demolition, Ian, and uh, you talk about a hot real estate market. You say, how hot is it in Vancouver? Well, Ian, it's so hot, even a fire sale is a multi-million dollar affair. Hmm. Vancouver's real estate market is so hot, in fact, that a single-family severely damaged home that was damaged by a fire is for sale for approximately $2 million. It's located near Commercial Drive, a very popular area. It's covered in burn marks after a fire ripped through the property. The realtors warning buyers not to even enter the home for security reasons and safety reasons, and a buyer would have to demolish it completely just to rebuild. Uh, the big story this week, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, another very interesting story is this. Ian, a number of BC real estate firms are failing to comply with disclosure rules. Fintrax is a federal agency and they enforce anti-money laundering laws in Canada. They found dozens of Vancouver area real estate firms are not complying with federal law. The Canadian Real Estate Association is critical of Fintrax saying its training for the industry is clearly insufficient. Now the Globe and Mail is reporting that Fintrax checked 80 brokerage firms in the past year and found significant or very significant deficiencies. Well, now we talk about the story. It seems everyone's talking about the Premier's moving to end shadow flipping, even as an independent advisory group is just beginning to investigate this problem. The group, led by the BC Superintendent of Real Estate, Carolyn Rogers, who we've talked to on the show, released terms of reference to the probe just a few days ago. Now Christy Clark was asked why she's moving to address shadow flipping before the investigation into it even gets off the ground. And uh, Clark says that shadow flipping is a loophole fairly easy to uh, close. We intend to act on this. This is only the first step. There is more I know that we need to do to address people's really deep concerns on some of these other issues, which are a little bit more complicated and will take us a little bit more time. Clark says sellers must be reimbursed from any profits that uh, occurred when their home is flipped between multiple buyers. We want to take the profit out of it so that when assignments happen, they happen for the right reason, not because somebody's greedy and wants to act in bad faith telling the seller that they're representing them when really they're trying to make a profit at their expense. Leader John Horgan of the NDP wonders how it would actually all play out. How is enforcement going there, Premier? Are you going to put the resources in place so that you can track this activity and make sure that there is an assignment, if there is an assignment, it's going back uh, to the original seller? Horgan suggests the steps taken by the Premier comes after his party pressured Christy Clark for months to address the issue. He says the bills the NDP put towards the legislature this week differ from what Clark's done. But what we were proposing is to stop the practice altogether, uh, or at least at a minimum, making sure that when there is an assignment, that there's an additional property transfer tax paid, because after all, you're transferring the property. So that discourages the realtor from undertaking the activity, because they're just increasing more taxes for the people they're passing the property on to. He says the affordability component will target absentee owners who use the housing market 
as a safety deposit box. Well, this was another interesting story from the week. A full house as people packed as for an emergency town hall meeting on the housing crisis. We're here to tell the government of BC that this is more than just an unusual housing market. The meeting on the affordable cri- affordability crisis was actually hosted by NDP housing critic David Eby. I grew up in Richmond and it's just, it's amazing all these nice and semi-affordable homes are being torn down and they've replaced a $1.2 million home, which is not easy to buy, but you can maybe get money together and get a mortgage to buy it. They're being torn down and they're being replaced with $2.5 million monster homes. Um, and a lot of them just absolutely sit empty. There's no way they can afford to buy here. The Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, that they need to do a better job of analyzing what's happening. My parents' streets, there's new homes being built. The one next door to them is being torn down, and they're just sitting empty on the street. So it's really disconcerting, you know, growing up, and we had a real neighborhood feeling. Yeah, as you heard there, some clear frustrations from people at this community hall in Vancouver over the affordability crisis. Uh, Some asked if we keep pushing citizens out of Vancouver, who's going to be left here to pay the taxes? And just lastly, Ian, we knew February was a record-smashing month for home sales here in B.C., and we do have the stats from B.C. Real Estate Association to prove it. They're reporting an increase of almost 45%, the sales dollar volume over $7.5 billion. Economist Cameron Muir says demand is strong all around the province. The Okanagan is doing exceptionally well. Um, I mean, Chilliwack's doing well. The island's doing extremely well in terms of overall home sales. And, of course, uh, Vancouver and the Fraser Valley are doing So we know that uh, home sales are doing well. We know that shadow flipping's still an issue. And we know that people are clearly still frustrated. We need people in, in leadership positions to take their roles a little bit more seriously. Uh, the frustration that we heard in that clip is something that I'm sure that you share, that I share, a lot of people are sharing, and it's it's that fear factor. And we're not getting enough information. There's no clear sight. The Premier made this announcement yesterday. Uh, John Horgan is taking some credit for that. This is a real opportunity for him, I think, to, to take this and, and maybe run with it. I think you're right. I think that's why the NDP has been very vocal on this uh, housing in particular. Now, we talk about areas where you can still find... May I use the word reasonable investment? We're going to talk to Vince Taylor about that in just a moment as we continue with Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vince Taylor joins us. He's a partner at Platinum Project Marketing in Vancouver, full-service marketing and sales organization uh, specializing in multifamily real estate across the country in the United States and Mexico and is proud to be part of the McDonald Realty family, the largest privately owned real estate company in British Columbia. Vince, it's been a while since we last spoke. Thanks for joining us this morning. Well, this is fantastic, Ian. Boy, the years go by, don't they? It's, uh, the, the excitement around real estate hasn't changed since we talked though. And in fact, I think uh, be, between the Canucks top draft pick and or real estate, those are the still the hottest topics in Vancouver on any given day. So yeah, not, not many people talking about the Canucks these days. i got to ask you in our, in our time here, uh, because I know that you, you get around in Metro Vancouver, uh, it's all doom and gloom. And I think that you might be able to shed some light on the fact that there are still some spots where you can get into the market. Well, that's true. Uh, how much time do we have, Ian? Because there's three key points I'd like to talk about, and of course that is one of them. Do we have five or ten minutes, or what do we got here? This well, you got a, you got a couple of minutes. I'll I'll, I'll keep okay. you on track. Okay, you keep going, and I'll <laughs> just right. stop you when it's time. 
Well, I, I want to talk about three things very quickly. Uh, a solution for this red-hot market, uh, areas that are, of course, affordable, and a new thing, a brand-new thing that many of your listeners may never have heard of that may solve the problem of the affordability issue and be able to give your children a leg up in this red-hot market. So those are the three quick, three quick points I want to hit. Number one, and, and this may not be very popular, Ian, but I listen to this conversation every day about people saying that they're so upset, our neighborhoods are changing, and, and, and what can be done? Well, there is a thing that can be done, and that is don't sell your house. Hmm. Now, you know, I know that may not sound popular, but I deal with this every single day, and I have so many people come to me and say, my goodness, the fabric of my neighborhood is changing, and this and that, and the loss of affordability. There is some accountability on the people who live in these communities because there is no law, Ian, that says you have to sell. So I know that might be a, a, a knuckle wrap and a, and a tough place to start, but I think if we're going to have an honest discussion about real estate in a city like Vancouver, we can't look to the government to give solutions and to prohibit foreign ownership. Yeah, Vince, I gotta I gotta price. stop you there for a little for a second because I'm thinking about somebody who who's land rich and cash poor, you know, that old saying, somebody who might be living on the west side, they've been there for forty or maybe even fifty years, and that's their retirement. They don't wanna go to Chilliwack. They wanna they wanna stay and retire in the area where they've lived all their life, where they raise their kids and their dogs. Well, I think that there's there's some truth there, and, and step one, and I'll come to another solution for you, step one is find a different way. You don't have to sell your house. So partly, I think in Vancouver, we have to take accountability for ourselves. If we want to keep our neighborhoods, if we want to stay, there are other ways, and that is not to be in any way disrespectful to someone who is, as you say, absolutely needing the money from their house. But we hear a lot of people that are doing a lot of complaining, but also doing a lot of selling, coming to see me with pockets full of money and then complaining about the buyer. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is, that's not really fair either. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Let me ask you this then, Vince. I just want to ask you this then. (laughs) How many people are doing that? I mean, are these the ones that are making it to the newscast? Or, I mean, is there that many people that are really at that end of the market? Thousands and thousands, and that, and that goes to the second question, or, or more the specific question that you bring up. I get the call every day saying, I sold my house in, you know, pick a city. I've got all this money. What do I do now? I, you know, I didn't want to sell, but at those prices, well, my wife and I, we figured we had to. You know, we've seen this before, and this happened in the 90s uh, when I was back in the development side of things, and, and literally thousands of people moved out to areas like Walnut Grove. Walnut Grove never used to exist. It's a wonderful, thriving community now. Mm-hmm. But in the mid-90s, there was nothing there. So we're seeing the net benefit to communities like Langley, to Abbotsford. My God, Abbotsford is absolutely on fire right now. And people have what we'll call rediscovered these wonderful communities because of what we'll call also this affordability crisis. You can buy a home in Surrey, specific to your question, for the same price you could in 2005 in some cases. You can buy condos for less than I sold them for. That's not because Surrey isn't desirable. It's because the densification of of Surrey, the, the amount of homes that were allowed to be built, the inclusion by the mayor and council that said, we want people to move here. There's no affordability crisis 
if you want to buy condos or multifamily in Surrey, in fact, you can buy them for less today. So this blanket idea that somehow or other there is nowhere to buy in the lower mainland just isn't true. Now, this is part of a much larger discussion about bubbles and when's it going to end and how's it going to go. But it's not fair to say that the entire greater Vancouver real estate market is out of control because that simply isn't true. Vince, uh, it's uh, John Myrie. I want to ask you one question about, um, you know, when, when you're talking to people that want to sell their house and you tell them, well, don't sell. Uh, first of all, when they get that look of disbelief off their face, I'm wondering what <laughs> what, what you tell them, what, what the follow-up is to that and, and what uh, their follow-up is to your to your statement of, you know what, you can help this, this situation by simply not selling and, and staying where you are. What, what, what's the reaction like? Well, nobody, nobody likes to hear uh, an answer that they don't want to hear. Uh, you know, so we, we take this ointment called justification and we rub it all over our wounds that we don't like. So they justify their position by saying, oh, it's the other guy that's causing the problem. Well, if I'm having an honest conversation with someone, I'm saying, don't, it's not the other guy, it's you. You don't have to sell. And then you get that, as you say, look of disbelief, but we want the money. Well, then, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, stop complaining and let's have a real discussion about what you're going to do with all that money. Are you going to buy a recreational home? I mean, recreational property is on the rise again. Because now you can go out and buy that cottage in the woods. I'm in calling you from Whistler today. You can buy that place on the lake. Kelowna, these markets are starting to come back because people are cashing out of Vancouver. All I'm saying is don't sell and complain. If you're going to sell, sell with a smile on your face and go help these other communities, which are still affordable and still within reach. Uh, do you ever suggest, I know I grew up in a, a European household where my grandma and grandpa uh, lived with us as well as my parents and we had a, you know, an ensuite type thing for them. Are you suggesting that maybe some of these, these baby boomers that uh, want to sell their home they've had for 30 years may say, well, I can't afford to be here. I want to make money. Maybe if I can't afford to be here, I'll bring my, my family back in or I'll have a new type of living. Is there this, have you seen any kind of movement towards a new type of of family dwelling where we're seeing more of, of what I call a European um, living situation? Are you seeing any of that when when this situation plays out, if you've, if you've told them to stay and they, in fact, stay in their home? Well, I'm going to go a step uh further because I have a I have what I'll call a real estate scoop for you guys this morning. Not necessarily brand new, but I'm in the business and I'd never heard of it. So I'm, I'm going to assume that, that a lot of your listeners haven't. There's a gentleman in town, a, a lawyer in town, brilliant lawyer by the name of Richard Bell, and he is a founder at a company called Bell Alliance. And what Richard has done has figured out, <laughs> there may be another word for it, but he has figured out a new style of ownership called co-ownership. Very, very quickly, and I don't want to butcher this complicated topic, but let me give you the highlight. Most municipalities say that you cannot stratify a single-family property. You, you can't make apartments out of your home. You can't do this and that, because that's just not within the zoning. But what Richard and his team have done have challenged the language in many municipalities, Vancouver being one for sure, when you where you can enter into a co-ownership agreement, and yes, you can sell half your house. You can sell a quarter of your house. You can enter into a disclosure-style agreement that you would have in multifamily that says the yard is going to be common property, uh, the deck is going to be limited common property to me. I can sell portions of my house. Now, you can imagine the reaction of the city of Vancouver when Richard and his team walked in and said, guys, 
this is perfectly legal. And there's so some examples different. right now, Vince. There's at least two examples that I know in Vancouver where they have stratified laneway houses. So I think you know that this Richard Bell yourself might be really onto something. Uh, that's well, the kind uh, of density people are a little bit more willing to accept in these neighborhoods. Well, they sure are. And, and, in, and in Richard's case, you know, of course, the city's saying, well, that's not in the spirit of the bylaw, because the spirit of the bylaw says you can't have stratification. Strictly by the letter of the law, this is not stratification. It's a co-ownership agreement, and it's perfectly legal. I don't know for how long, because the city of Vancouver may not like that. But let's say one of the questions we hear most often, and back to John's point, I want to keep my kids close. How are my children ever going to get a chance in this crazy real estate market? Well, what if I, I have a I have a two-story home? What if I gifted the bottom half of my home and it was now owned by my children and I owned the top floor? To be that continued, is- Vince. Scott, we got to let you go. I, I knew what? that I knew that you'd have lots to say, and, and every second of it is much appreciated. So we'll <laughs> we'll get you back if you'd be willing to come. All right. Well, co-ownership, keep that in mind. And you don't have to sell. So if you sell, don't complain. Vince Taylor, he's a partner at Platinum Project Marketing in Vancouver and a real estate expert. It's always fun talking to him. Always something new to learn. Well, we'll take a break. When we come back, our regular feature with Todd Talbot. We're going to talk about buying and selling fees. That's next on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Experts say several airplanes had trouble landing at the airport in Rostov-on-Don, Russia, at the time of this morning's Fly Dubai Airlines crash. One reportedly tried to land three times before giving up and diverting to another airport. After circling for two hours, the plane nosedived as it tried to land early this morning, killing all 62 people aboard. The powerful explosion left a big crater in the runway and pulverized the plane. However, investigators quickly were able to recover both flight recorders. Prosecutors in Belgium have officially charged Paris suspect Salah Abdeslam with participation in terrorist murder and in the activities of a terrorist organization. One of the other three suspects also arrested during yesterday's raid in Brussels is charged with participation in the activities of a terrorist organization and the hiding of criminals. His lawyer says his client will fight efforts to extradite him to France where he is the subject of an arrest warrant. The Trudeau government has added more names and entities to a list of those affected by sanctions imposed because of Russia's aggression towards Ukraine. Foreign Affairs Minister Stefan Dion says Canada has no intention of lifting sanctions until Russia meets its international obligations. Russia's embassy in Ottawa issued a statement condemning the government's move. And back at home, British Columbians are being urged to power down and flick off for today's annual Earth Hour Challenge. The global event that encourages people to conserve energy occurs in the province from 8.30 to 9.30 tonight. The province says last year's event saved 15 megawatt hours of electricity by reducing the overall provincial electricity load by 0.2%. It says it will join the initiative this year by flipping off the Jubilee lights at the Parliament buildings in Victoria. CKNW News Time is 11.32. Now the latest same some 30 traffic on CKNW. Hey, good morning. Crews just cleared up that stalled cement truck that was on Stewardson Way. Eastbound at 3rd. That's out of there. There's some couch cushions on Highway 99. Debris and Delta. Southbound at the 17 in the right lane. Lights out in Port Moody at Noons Creek and Unglis right by Eagle Ridge Hospital. Use the four-way stop and radar in Maple Ridge at Lowheden 220th and also still set up in Vancouver at Marine and Elliott. For the most up-to-date traffic information, go to AM730. I'll traffic all the time. In the traffic center, I'm Mark Staling.
Global Sky Tracker weather on CKNW. Mostly clouds today. A small chance of showers, though. It will appear that will be dry throughout the rest of the day. Cloudy tonight. A few showers beginning overnight, though. A low of 8. That sets the trend for Sunday, Monday, and ra- and Tuesday rain. All highs between 11 and 13 degrees. Outside CKNW Pacific Center, we're looking at 14 degrees. The weather for 40 plus from Feels Like a Facelift, anti-aging skin care for mature skin. Now available on Manager Special at London Drugs. CKNW News Time is 11.33. I'm Matt Lee. It's Phil. Leave a message. Hey, buddy. It's Steve. A few of us are heading over to the casino to watch the game on the big screens. Then we're thinking we'll chow down on some crazy good food and kick back to some awesome tunes. You in? Call me. With live music and fabulous food at Grand Villa Casino, plan your night out at lookformore.com. Must be 19 plus to play. If you gamble, use your game sense. With Mercedes-Benz, there is no compromise. That's why we're proud to bring you our best offers on our best lineup during our Nothing But The Best sales event. For a limited time only, enjoy three months payments waived on select new and certified pre-owned models. Lease and finance rates from just 0.9%. Plus, receive up to $5,000 in delivery credits on select new models. To experience the Nothing But The Best sales event, visit a Mercedes-Benz Vancouver retail group store or mbvancouver.ca. Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Helping you navigate through Vancouver's crazy real estate market. Here are Ian Power and John Meyer. And we're back with Todd Talbot from Love It or List It Vancouver, a regular guest on Vancouver Real Estate Today. Nice to see you again. Good to be back. Yeah, how are you doing? We had a huge response to your segment last week, and we want to move ahead with some of the ideas that you deal with on a regular basis as a real estate expert. But really, that's is that a hobby or a job for you, real estate? Because I know that you're an expert in the field, but really, your life is is all about acting, it's about emceeing, it's about hosting Vancouver, <laughs> Love and List at Vancouver. So where, where do you balance that? Uh, well, it's interesting how things evolve over time. And really, my interest in the real estate world started as a passion. Like, it started as a hobby. Investing in properties in Vancouver and and renovating properties and trying different ownership, you know, trying to flip properties. And, you know, my personal philosophy more so is about buying and holding, which is tricky in Vancouver because mm-hmm. it, it's uh, not cheap. Um, but... You know, and and today, obviously, most of my time is eaten up with shooting uh, Love It or List of Vancouver, as well as, uh, you know, coming down and talking to you guys about real estate. So I get to talk about a lot more than I get to do it. (laughs) So like a typical day for Love It or List in Vancouver, because we have this impression that, you know, you just hang out for an hour. Yeah, you drink coffee and check out some properties, scroll through your phone. Yeah, that's all we do. What's a day like uh, for you and Jillian when you're shooting? That's a good question. I mean, we we shoot seven days per episode, and uh, there's some days that Jill and I shoot together. Um, but the house tour days, um, I do the morning shift. We shoot at a house. Oftentimes, people because it gets cut down to about four minutes. We shoot for about <laughs> six or seven hours for four minutes for four or five minutes. Wow! And um, there's a lot of talking involved, <laughs> which is good because I'm verbose. I like to yeah. talk. Um, but you know, it's interesting because we're throwing people who have never been on television before mm-hmm. 
into it and and they don't really have any you know they don't have any training there's no real prep we just we just throw them right in and we try and get their honest reaction to things but at the same time you know sometimes nerves play into sure. it so you know it's a big part of what Jill and I do is to be able to ask these people questions and kind of you know coach them along in the process I think and, that the best part about it what what Olivia, my fiance, and I like to watch is the reactions of these people when they're like, I can't believe what she did. She just took, <laughs> she just knocked that wall down. And, you know, the cameras, they don't see the cameras on them. I think that's, right. that's the good stuff, that natural stuff. Yeah, that drama. Yeah. It's, yeah. Crank hey, it up. <laughs> one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about today was yep. when it comes to buying and selling property, and I'm thinking for most homeowners now, not so much commercial stuff. Yeah. What are some of the fees and per- mostly what are the unknown fees when it comes to buying and selling real estate? Well, it's interesting because a lot of people, especially first-time buyers, get into the process and they don't necessarily understand what they're getting into. You know, they understand purchase price. That's what everyone gets focused Mm -hmm. on. But there are different fees associated with both the buying process and the selling process. One of the things that um, on the selling side that I think people miss most often, this is the fee that people forget about and sometimes comes back to kick them in the butt, is the fact that if they have a mortgage – they might have fees associated with um, closing that mortgage out once they sell that property. And that can be a lot of money. That was a a surprise to me. Uh, Fortunately, it wasn't a lot of money in my case, but uh, I definitely didn't know about that. Or if I was told, I forgot or kind of uh, it was an oversight on my behalf. But uh, when I did sell, which was recently, I said, oh, well, that's interesting. There's a, a few thousand dollars I didn't expect, but yeah, it is something that, that can you be can tens easily of miss. thousands of dollars. Yeah. Absolutely. So you think you're going to net out a certain number, and then at the end of the day, you kind of get hit with this discharge fee, and that can really impact whether you choose to sell or not. And really, you know, whoever's advising you in that process needs to make sure that you're aware of all of the fees, and you know, little, even little things where a couple of hundred dollars makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Where you know you mm-hmm. have to clean the place at the end or moving costs. So there's a lot of little nuances. And on the buying side, um, you know, there's things that I think that people um, might not calculate in. Um, And one of the big misconceptions is around commissions. People don't necessarily understand how they work. And especially on the buying side, because people will say things like, oh, as a buyer, you don't pay commission. Now, I think that's slightly misleading because the commission is built into the sale price. Right. Yes, you are not writing a check to your real estate agent who is helping you transact that, but that money is coming out of the proceeds of the sale. So the commissions are being set by the seller. So it's something that a buyer does need to be aware of, and they also need to be aware of the fact that when it comes time to sell, that is going to then be their responsibility. Who's the best person to advise you on that? I mean, is this something that you can trust your real estate agent to? Uh, Should you be talking to your mortgage broker, your banker? Who's the best person to turn to 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 keep it on the straight and narrow for you? Both. So your real estate agent will be able to outline all of the costs and the fees associated with buying and selling. That's part of the job. You need to be able to walk your client through that, make sure there's no surprises. Second to that, there's information that they won't be privy to, which is maybe mortgage information. So you want to be in communication with your mortgage broker. If you're buying, making sure that you understand any extra costs, if there's appraisal fees or there's land survey fees or anything like that, you need to be aware of that. Notary? Uh, Yes, notary or legal fees. Now, how much does a lawyer 
figure into this because I know with, with my process, it was a, I, we relied on the lawyer for, for almost everything we did. Yep. Uh, how much would you focus uh, home buyers, new home buyers especially, how much would you say they should focus their attention on uh, communication with their lawyer? Well, communication with the lawyer normally comes in a little bit later in the process um, due to the fact that they're going to be helping transact and making sure all of the monies and the adjustments are taken care of. Um, and so you're going to get into communication with your lawyer for sure, especially if you're selling the property by yourself. If you're choosing to sell it without a real estate agent, then you're going to want to have your lawyer on speed dial. You're going to want to have legal advice. You're going to want to make sure that contracts are are uh, structured in a way that are going to be binding. Uh, a lot of those things your real estate agent would take care of if you are choosing to work with an agent in the process. I think a key here is if you've got a relationship with a real estate agent, is to ask before you start the process. Absolutely. What are the fees? First of all, what are your commission fees? And we'll get into commissions at another time. But, yeah. but what are the, the fees for your commissions? What are the buying, selling, all of the, the processes that you have to go through to complete the transaction? You and nailed it. They it's, should be able to put that on the mm -hmm. table. Uh, and, and it is. It should be outlined in writing. Everything should be in writing so that you can actually see it, sign off on it. We write it right down on the contract. You initial it so that you understand that we've had the conversation. The other thing is about asking questions, which you absolutely nailed. Ask questions. Mm -hmm. Ask dumb questions. Ask smart questions. Never stop asking questions. I've been involved in this industry um, for many years now, and I still phone people and ask them questions. I've, I've got my, my mortgage broker on speed dial, my team of people that I work with to help people buy and sell. I rely on them all the time. I'll phone them up, ask them, bounce ideas off them. I mean, you cannot have enough information. We got to wrap it up, but we're going to call you. Love it or list of Vancouver uh, co-host Todd Talbot is in studio with us. I'm Ian Power with John Meyer, and we'll be back in just a moment on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. Tips, tricks, expert insights, best practices, top stories, and relevant context to all things Vancouver real estate. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Here are Ian Power and John Meyer. We're joined now by Eve Lazarus, an award-winning writer. Uh, it says right here, Eve, that you have an Aussie accent. Can you can you demonstrate? <laughs> I'm happy to, Ian. I've <laughs> come back after a month down there, so it's back. <laughs> Uh, back, I've gone native again. Let me just run down this uh, resume of yours very quickly. Uh, you're the author of Cold Case Vancouver, which is a finalist on the Bill Duthie Booksellers Choice Award in BC for 2016, author of Sensational Vancouver, which, by the way, if you don't mind, I know all your kids are special. That's still my favorite, and although they're all very good. <laughs> Sensational Victoria, Bright Lights, Red Lights, Murders, Ghosts and Gardens, and a whole host of other things, and you uh, also blog regularly. And one of the things uh, that I love about the work you do is that you are a big fan of of heritage preservation and one of the reasons i asked you to come on the show today to join john and i was to talk about this event that's coming up on april 14th that vancouver vanishes demolition and revival uh, you are a part of this uh, you'll you're going to be uh, talking and uh, storytelling along with uh, michael kluckner and uh, carolyn addison uh, what's this event about and let's talk about it well it's based on the book that uh, Caroline Addison put together called um, Vancouver Vanishes Narratives of Demolition and Revival. 
And uh, the book, uh, which is doing really well, and it's also shortlisted for, for the award, um, was based out of Caroline's Facebook page by the same name, Vancouver Vanishes. And it, it's just really taken off. I think last time I looked, there was something like 9,500 likes. Mm-hmm. And um, ha- have you seen the page? Oh, yeah, of course. I like that yeah. page. Right. It's, it's quite, I, I want to say fabulous because it's not. I mean, it's really sad. But it's really resonated with people, I think, that are just fed up with seeing heritage houses and character houses and just ordinary houses just mowed down. And, uh, you know, if you, if you see a page, it uh, always talks a little bit about who the first owner was and the address of the house and what they did for a living. And then it says its status, which is, you know, demolished and... Well, that's what I like about what you do, Eve, if you let me interrupt you for a moment, is that you always bring personality to it. It's not just a structure. And and for goodness sake, let's leave it out of the landfill. Yeah, I'm on side with that. But you bring the personality. There are people that live there. And I talked to our last guest or uh, our first guest this morning about, you know, somebody raising their family in a home or having a Christmas with their family there or their dogs and that kind of thing. And you get right to the root of these, these personal stories. Well, yeah, and I, I think with the book, it's great. I mean, Caroline's put together about, you know, seven of us, I think, or more. And, you know, we're, we're authors and poets and, you know, Michael Kluckner, who, of course, is kind of the guru of all this. And uh, uh, he's done the introduction. And Kerry Gold, who's been relentless on the subject in the Globe and Mail. And you've got Evan Lau doing a um, demolition poem. And mine's based on my blog, Every Place Has a Story. And uh, I started... Be- because it's kind of a shift for me because, as you know, my books are kind of the house's hero and it's telling the stories about the house and showing them and I put maps in there so people can sort of walk around and look at them. Mm-hmm. But in the blog, you know, it's kind of our disappearing heritage, you know, our missing heritage, what were we thinking? And um, it just looks at some of the amazing buildings that we've ripped down and, and replaced with kind of, you know, inferior, not particularly pleasant-looking architecture. Give us one example of that, Eve. Um, well, the West End, it, it's, uh, I've sort of concentrated on the West End for the book, and I'll be doing a show-and-tell about the West End for that. And I guess um, at the end of, sort of, during last year, I downloaded a bunch of archival photos from the Vancouver Archive site onto my iPad of, of old, you know, heritage houses in the West End and, and took a walking tour and then took photos of what we'd replace them with. And I'll be talking about this and showing some of the results in, uh, in my presentation. But, I mean, some of them were, were, were truly just, you know, boggling. Uh, one of my favourite idiotic decisions was the destruction of Fee House. Um, it was designed by Thomas Fee for his family in, in 1907 because, and this makes me laugh, his wife wanted to live in the country. And the house was at the corner of Guildford and Comox, which, you know, is pretty dense now. But uh, Thomas Fee was part of Par and Fee, and he was an architectural firm that um, designed houses like Glen Bray, which is now, you know, where Canuck Place is. And, mm-hmm. and he designed, like, the, the Vancouver block on Granville and Manhattan Apartments on Robson, and miraculously, they still stand. But his own house was this incredible fairy tale looking place with this huge turret he was kind of known for his turrets and um it it just was mowed down in the 60s and they've put up this you know boring looking tower in its place and the only thing left of the old house were these eight holly trees that he Mm. planted and there was another one uh, called parkside that sat 
on Barclay, right at the entrance to Stanley Park, and was designed by Samuel McClure, you know, the kind of Uber architect. Right. Uh, I'm going to have to stop you there, yeah. Eve, but you're going to be talking about that one as well? I will. Okay. You know what? I want to use that as a tease because your stories are fascinating, but we're out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. I want to, I want to make sure that, that we have uh, a time enough here to mention that the event is coming up at the Vancouver Public Library Central Branch. Uh, Vancouver Vanishes, Demolition and Revival, with yourself there, uh, Carolyn Addison, of course, and Michael Kluckner, and a whole host of others. You'll be talking uh, with your illustrated presentation about the changing West End. And uh, with that, I'd like to invite you back and join John and I again. Would love it. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Always fun. Love talking to you, Eve. And you can get more information, of course, online. Visit the uh, Facebook page, Vancouver Vanishes. We do have to take this break. We're out of time on this segment, but please stay with us on Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. John, it's been a busy, busy week in real estate, and and that's not to understate the obvious. It's just been hotter than ever, and that's not just the market, but the news itself. What are the big five stories that we're talking about today? Yeah, we're talking shadow flipping again on the heels of Christy Clark's announcement. Uh, she wants to end it, of course, but uh, there's also an investigation just getting underway. So uh, questions arose to, you know, why are you talking about it now when we're waiting for the results of this investigation? But a story that we didn't talk about off the top, and I want to uh, talk to our listeners about is uh, something that came down this morning. Now, a source telling the Canadian press that The federal government plans to make short-term investments in affordable housing projects announced in Tuesday's budget. So the first two years of this increased funding are expected to target renovations to existing social housing units. So before they were elected, the Liberals made this promise of a national housing strategy that we all know about. It included uh, the elimination of the GST on all new rental builds. It also would provide up to $125 million in a year to help landlords renovate aging rental units. And I'm sure there's some landlords whose uh, ears will perk up to the news of that. And I think that's a... That frightens me, though, a little bit, I have to say. Because anytime I hear the word landlord and renovation in the same sentence, it often leads to evictions and higher rents. Yes, um, I think the Liberal government would be wise to put in some stipulations on this. I mean, we don't know much about it right, right. now. We just have this uh, source telling the Canadian press this news, and we'll find out Tuesday more. But uh, I hear what you're saying, Ian, but we'll find out more on Tuesday, so keep your ears peeled to CKNW for that. Um, in Vancouver, of course, we know it's a hot real estate market, uh, even a fire sale market, if you <laughs> will, a multi-million dollar affair, one home that was ravished by fire selling uh, for for $2 million, and it's a complete teardown. This is just off commercial drive. Was that home, by the way, John, was that empty? Was it? Was there anybody living in that home? Do you I, know? I don't believe so. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the full story in front of me, but I, I don't believe so. Okay. Um, uh, we also have the big news, Ian, that the uh, Premier is uh, moving to end shadow flipping, and this even as that independent advisory group is just beginning to investigate the problem. And then we had that town hall meeting where people were just simply frustrated. I grew up in Richmond and it's just, it's amazing all these nice and semi-affordable homes are being torn down and they're replaced a $1.2 million home, which is not easy to buy, but you can maybe get money together and get a mortgage to buy it. They're being torn down and they're being replaced with $2.5 million monster homes. Um, and a lot of them just absolutely sit empty. There's no way they can afford to buy here. The Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation that they need to do a better job of. 
Yeah, you hear some of the frustration there. Um, NDP housing critic David Eby been been very vocal about uh, the housing crisis in Vancouver, and uh, he held this town hall meeting and uh, some some responses there from about a thousand people that were in attendance and. You know, just gives you an impression of uh, what people are feeling in the city right now. Yeah. There are a lot of frustration, and we'll have more next Saturday on Vancouver Real Estate Today. Our thanks to Amila Bamji, our technical producer for John Meyer. My name is Ian Power. Thank you for sharing your morning with us on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW.